We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Bratton drops back, throws a marching pass upfield. Reggie Townfields gathers it in on the dead run and races all the way to score from Los Angeles. A 72-yard touchdown play. First down inside his own five from his own end zone. Sacked in a safety on Rudolph. Aaron Donald and Clay Matthews got to him. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg. A savage ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 feet. Sends a whole burst to it. 20. Side steps to tackle. Runs left. 25 still on his feet. 46-yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones needs a tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Hey, welcome to Rams Talk Radio. It is a a winning Sunday. A hair-raising winning Sunday. Mind-blowing. Maybe not mind-blowing. It was a rough one, folks. But the Rams still win the day 27-24 over the Colts. Here with Michael Stewart, former Rams defensive back. Mike, how about some drama? Ha <laughs> ha Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> tight, but you know what? <laughs> get it in the win column. Get more now at the beginning, that you, and hopefully others have it at the end, and you're in the playoffs. But yeah, today was uh, pretty interesting. Pretty interesting, to say the least. Before we move on, the show we're brought to you by TickPick, which should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner of Rams Talk Radio and the Blue Wire Network. Got a big one, big one next week with the Bucks. So buy your tickets there. Okay, so twenty-seven twenty-four. I'm gonna we're gonna get into the numbers and get into all the you know all of the stuff, all the yeah, but. If you have one observation to make, just your first thought, Mike, what's it going to be? Making plays down the stretch. Okay. Elaborate. Which plays? Where? Well, I mean, you had, you know, some big plays on defense on a fourth and goal. Uh, keep them out. And maybe not so much down the stretch, stretch, but part of uh, – you know, keep them out the end zone when they're knocking at the door. Uh, another big play or just uh, the ability to spread the ball around. Matt Stafford was towards the end to, again, set up that field goal and, you know, more or less seal the deal. And obviously Jalen Ramsey, you know, gets an interception, you know, with some, some minutes left. And obviously you go in there, you, play a little bit of defense and game is over so those are kind of a few things that stood out down the stretch and they did do that this game isn't a win if they don't make specific plays fourth and goal in the first quarter here we go again later on interception on a, on what true reader said it was a scouted play he scouted that play he knew it inside the five yard line 
That's two times Rams shut down the Colts in the red zone, inside the five. They made plays when they needed to. And yet, this game was close. Very close. And when if you tune into our preview, we said the Rams, I call it 27-20. And it's 27-24. I thought they would be close. The Colts are very talented. They have a lot of team speed on defense. We saw that today. A lot of speed on defense. They can, do, they can make a lot of plays. And yet, we saw a lot of folks upset that the Rams uh, didn't blow them out. Now, the Rams made their mistakes today, but I, this is never going to be a blowout. It was never going to be a blowout, especially on the road, especially with the Colts with their backs against the wall after dropping the rope to the Seahawks. Well, that's the thing about the NFL in general. You can take the 0-16 team versus the 16-0 and team, and at the end of the day, you're going to have a competitive game depending on the situation. Injuries, uh, time of year, you're playing at home, inside, outside stadium, all these things come into play. Uh, yeah, the thing with the Colts, I don't know how you could say, it could, you know, they should just go blow them out. No, very formidable team. You got a great uh, head coach in Frank Wright, who <clears throat> I saw a few times against the Bills. Uh, you know, very able coach. You know, they got Carson Wentz. It looks like, you know, he has a resurgence in his career. It looked like he was able to make more plays than I've seen him make in a number of years. Uh, he's going to have to be careful with that run and dive and forward stuff because mm-hmm. when you dive, you can get lit up and nothing can be said about it. But I guess he figures, hey, man, I got to try to will my team to a win. And, you know, that definitely – helps uh, their team when they see their quarterback, you know, going for it, trying to pick up first downs for him. But, yeah, that uh, diving for stuff, he he probably going to have to uh, figure out how to do something else else he's he going to find himself back on that sideline. I mean, the Rams were on him throughout the day. They should have probably should have more sacks against him than they did. Uh, lots of holding going on, which is what got – Oh man, got our Kenny Young got in trouble today. Getting frustrated with guard Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson was a guy who probably should have been penalized a couple times this game. Didn't really get anything against him. Didn't get anything. Three sacks. Rams got three sacks today. Should, should have been more, quite frankly. But when we're looking at the way this game went, I never felt comfortable. Rams were ahead at one point. What seventeen? To, was it was it seventeen three? Yeah, something like that. Uh huh. Seventeen six. Looked like they were seventeen six. We're kind of rolling. Yeah, like they were. They were starting this game put away, and the Colts they stayed in it, man, and they kept the Rams defense. They kept them off. They kept them off their heels, on their heels a little bit. And what frustrates me now, I want to get into it, and this is where I want to talk to you. I want to get your your full view on this. Is this defense? If you look at toll yards, like the Rams gave it 352 toll yards. That's not bad. It's not bad at all. It's just the way those yards are given up. And I want to talk with you about that. Before we do, I'm going to ask you to hit over Apple Music. Appreciate if you leave us a five-star review. You can follow us, follow us on Twitter at Talk Rams. Also, join the Rams Talk Room group, the Rams Talk page. Like that page. Really appreciate it. And before we go on any further, here's a word from our sponsors. L.A. Rams football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Rams tickets or NFL tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which is a guarantee the best prices on all their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Listen, we all go at least a couple games a year. In most cases, we've all spent those big service fees. Well, get rid of them. With the Bucks coming to town at SoFi, or later on in the year for all of the big-name teams on the schedule, TickPick had you covered. 
Man, I'm telling me and Mike especially looking forward to it. Listen, all you got to go to is TickPick.com. TickPick.com. And there you go. TickPick.com slash RTR. Use the promo code RTR and save 10 bucks on your first order of Rams or any NFL tickets you could find. Again, RTR is your promo code. Check it out. Sweet deal. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. All right, so let's let's run down the numbers because I don't think the numbers tell the story as much as they normally would. But let's lay them out. Rams, first down, 21, Colts, 22. Third down efficiency, 3 of 9 for the Rams, 5 of 11 for the Colts. Both were 0 for 1 on 4th. Overall total yards, 371 for the Rams, 352 for, for the Colts. Uh, 65 plays for the Colts, 60 for the Rams. Average per play, 6.2 for the Rams, 5.4 for the Colts. 101 total yards rushing today by the Rams, 109 from the Colts. Colts average a little bit more. Passing yards, 272.43. Average per pass, 8.7 to the Colts, 6.2. Time sacked, one for the Rams, three for the Colts. Three punts to the Rams. Punting at men, I got to tell you, our boy Hecker didn't have a great day today with that. Penalties, two for 15 for the Rams, three for 25. Two fumbles, one loss for the Rams. 31 minutes time possession for the for the Colts, 28-28 for the Rams. Overall, looks it's close. The numbers are pretty close. Very close. <laughs> and yet, when you look at this game, it didn't feel like that at times. It felt like no matter when the Rams were on defense, it was going to be the Colts moving the football. It's how it felt all game long. How did you view this? Yeah, that to me is, again, uh, I, I, I'm going to keep probably beating this drum for a while. Uh, to me, again, you have to play in the preseason. And so you still see a lot of things that look like, to me, ring rust, you know, whether it's missed tackles or, you know, like Wentz, dude is able to scramble, you know, almost for 40, 50 something yards uh, and, and rushing. So when you got a quarterback scrambling for 7.4 average, you know, that's that's a lot of yards that you're giving up to a guy that's not very speedy. So that's kind of concerning. Other thing is the Colts just kind of were driving up and down the field. And those things we've noted that the Rams were able to hold them off uh, without scoring on two of those occasions. But it's not like they didn't have the ability to put the ball in the end zone. And that's when you start looking at some of these coaches like, okay, you guys are overthinking it. And because they should have, you can't be going up and down the field then 
all of a sudden you don't have any plays to run inside the five yard line. That just to me is doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Nevertheless, uh, so yeah, so it was concerning for me that you know the Colts were able to keep extending the drive, keep extending the drive. Uh, they seem to keep hitting that corner route and 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 different guys, and even on some of the touchdowns, uh, you you have a corner looks like he's playing cover two as though he's getting help from the safety and he lets him just kind of run inside on a little slant post and then the safety's trying to jump something in the linebackers and it's like okay were you supposed to be looking for number one or are you supposed to be jumping underneath routes and so those things again to me are not playing in the preseason you're still got a new dc that you're still He's getting used to you or the plays or maybe, you know, again, guys just are out of position because it is a newer defense. Uh, but those kinds of things, if they're really going to try to be in a hunt, yeah, you you got to be able to clean those things up because a little bit, I guess, maybe better team, they're going to capitalize when they get inside that 10-yard line. And that's the the biggest concern for me is, Hey, uh, they're playing the Bucks, the defending Super Bowl champions. The same Bucks that put up 48 today. I just want to point that out. And I think it scored, what, 30 or 31 against the Cowboys in week one. So they are, they're already basically 40 points a game. Just want to point that out. But my real concern is teams are employing, at least since the Green Bay game, this same kind of strategy. They're not looking to go deep a whole lot. Dink and dunk, short passing plays, you know, grinding the run a little bit, get four, five, six yards of run, four, five, six yards of catch, maybe go as far as a 10, 15 yard play, and that's it. They're not looking for anything big. They're just kind of nickel and diming the Rams across the field, keeping that defense on the field, which, by the way, keeps your offense out of sync. And in both weeks this year, we've seen the Rams' offense get out of sync here and there. Why? Because they're, they're on the sidelines. The Rams spent a lot of time, again, on the sidelines in this game. So what's the solution? You play defense. What is the solution to these nickel and dime kind of game strategies where you know they're going to be going short this, short this, short this, power running inside, power running outside, only looking to get four or five yards. And if they're lucky, they get more. But they're not going downfield at all. Well, one of the the strategies is simple. Uh, don't give up any big plays uh, because if a team can strike you easily and just qu- so quickly, it's like, okay, that throws you out of sync as well. So part of it is, yeah, bend but don't break. What does that mean? Yeah, man, you can get all these yards in between these tens, but once you get down in this red zone or green zone, however you decide to call it, uh, we're locking it down. We're not giving up seven. You better hope to get three. And so that makes sense overall that, yeah, don't give up touches, things like that. But the bigger goal is to go three and out, you know, get in, get off the field, you know, swing the field position by, you know, they're coming out starting at the 20 or 25. You get them off the field before a first down. Now they punt you. Now you're going to be at maybe you're 30 or 35. Maybe you get a 40 if you get a little bit of a punt return. So that swings a little bit of field position for you offensively. And then again, I think we are seeing uh, we got a little bit more at that QB position, which is allowing us to be able to, you know, score these points that we have a few more to win these games. But the thing is, you don't want to be in a situation where your defense is given now those points that maybe you've held them out. Now those are touchdowns because, again, all they needed on one of those two times that we stopped them is then the score or even get three points out of it. But, you know, they went for it, so they ended up with zero but if you take two times, you can go two times seven, that's 14. Or you can go two times at least three, that's six. 
So that's the difference in the game if they just take the points and play those percentages as opposed to, you know, I guess rolling the dice, if you will. But yeah, they have to to shore that thing up and a little bit concerning now week two. But again, I attribute most of that to your guys are just not playing on defense. And now everybody's trying to find their, their rhythm now that we're in the season, which again, you want to get that stuff kind of out the way. Just my opinion, man. Yeah. We had a couple people mention on Twitter, just saying, well, if the only the defense only gives 17 points itself. 350 yards, it's not that bad. Well, it is, if you can't get off the field, then your offense isn't on the field. That's the bottom line. And sooner or later, that will catch up to you. And it's not just the time and possession battle with it. The more your defense is on the field, the more tired they are, the, the more injury risk there is. This, you, you can't do this with you know, the big names in your schedule. The Rams don't have an easy schedule. It's it's not an easy schedule at all. So when you well, you you made a good point earlier. When you have you know, I see them. They're trying to put Aaron inside outside. But if you're able to get away with holding, that means you're wrestling with guys all game. So this is only week two. We got fifteen more of these, right? Seventeen games now, correct? So now you're talking about you know, getting worn down. So if you're playing that many snaps and your defensive line is having to tussle and wrestle with people all game, not getting holding calls or whatever, yeah, eventually guys are going to start to get worn down. And that's why you really have to focus on trying to go three and out as much as you can in the game because over the course of a season, if you're not going three and out, if you're going six to ten plays and out, you do that consistently, you're going to get more worn down. And, and that's what I'm thinking right now is just, you know, the wearing down of the defense year in, year out, year in, year out. Sorry, game in, game out. Well, I mean, you're in. Game in, game out. That will catch up to you. It's going to result in injuries. It's going to result into the, the offense never really being in sync. You want that offense on the field as much as possible. And the offense, for the most part, is doing its job when it's out there. There's been a couple times in the past few years where we thought, man, the offense is not holding its up, it's in the bargain. But they are, they're, when they're on, they're on. I mean, today, 8 point, what was it, 8.7 a pass play to the Colts, 6.2. They ran the ball fairly well. I mean, they just need more time to gel on the offensive side. Get off the field. But when you're using this, this kind of dink and dunk, the first thing that comes out to me is, well, you're going to have contact with players early. Make the tackle. We're seeing a lot of missed tackles out there. Are we not? A lot of missed tackles. A lot. A okay, lot. And, and we're seeing a lot of missed assignments. The Rams got lucky a couple times in the game. There were, there were open Colts down the field. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they are missing assignments. So, Tom, okay, preseason, that's a good point. I mean, they didn't play in the preseason. They're trying to keep these guys healthy. In the end, <laughs> you know, how much does that cost them? I don't know. <laughs> the idea that, well, we're getting everybody sharp in scrimmages, but not in preseason games. Well, what's the point then of doing a scrimmage? Right? There's some right. contact. Right. So, right. Help me understand that. You know, again, I, I didn't get to go to any of this year, so maybe there's something going on that I don't see. But, you know, I think they'll get better. I think we'll see a gelling on defense. Another thing, too. You know, how many times has Aaron Donald been just there, but not right. quite there? Sooner or right. later, he's going to get there. Sooner or later, he's going to get there. I, and my, my curiosity is, is, why aren't we hearing more about the coaches getting more in these officials' ears about holding? Well, I'm sure they, they talk about it because they get a chance to, typically you meet with the officials or they'll meet with you definitely before the game. Uh, but sometimes a Saturday before you get to kind of say, hey, you know, look for this, look for that. Now, the thing is, they could call, call holding whoever's trying to block Aaron Donald pretty much every single play. So the thing is, are they going to do that? Probably not. 
The next thing is, how do we, we meaning the defense, if Aaron Donald, again, is commanding double and triple teams, somebody else has to be able to get home and make something happen. That's the the reason why you have Bruce Smiths and the Reggie Whites and the J.J. Watts is they're going to eventually get double and triple team, which means, hey, buddy, you on the other side, man, you getting singled up, man, that would be like for me eating ice cream. But if you can't get get home off a of single blocks, like throughout a game, that can become problematic because it's like, oh, they can put two or three guys on one person and then everybody else can get singled up block and you know, that offensive team wins. Yeah, no, no way should that happen consistently. You know, yeah, you're playing some other pros, but if they have to double and triple team a guy, somebody's got to be able to be, be the one-on-one block consistently that now they can't really double and triple team uh, Aaron Donald. They have to now, you know, play it even Steven. Now you have something defensively because – Aaron Donald's going to beat a one-on-one block all day long. Yeah, well, here's another thing, too. The touchdown on a blown punt. That's inexcusable. Snap, comes back, hits Nick Scott, bounces back, and, of course, it's recovered in the end zone by the Colts. That was our first and only lead of the game. Um... Inexcusable. Right. That just, I don't, I'm just like, okay, you know, high school teams, yeah, we don't have professional punters getting it out back there in less than, you know, one second, all this stuff. And, you know, but again, Johnny Ecker is a little banged up and things like that. So all these kinds of things play into things not being sharp. And so, but you just can't give up like touches in the end zone. That just kind of kills you. Well, I mean, you got when you have Nick Scott basically, you know, appear like he just was in the wrong place. He's been very good on special teams for the Rams. And so these mistakes just can't happen overall. And, you know, this doesn't mean that, again, we're kind of beating the Rams up first a little bit. And, that's okay, because what we're going to do next, we're going to talk about the good things they did here in a minute, all right? But you just can't do that. And they can't do that next week, by the way. They cannot do that next week against the Buccaneers. Keep saying that. You got, they got to come out next week lit, at home, in SoFi, against defending Super Bowl champions, a possible playoff preview, but a likely playoff preview. They got to come out sharp next week. They can't have the same kind of mistakes they had this week. They won't win. Tampa Bay is just too good. They're loaded. They're just as talented this year as they were last year, if not more. They're more of a. They're probably more gelled now than they were last year. Bear target their back, oh, sure, they're, but yeah, they're good. No doubt that they're 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 a lot. <laughs> they're way ahead of than what they were last year. You know, so you got uh, Gronk now has been back for you know go to. You got a a b. You know, you got the other receiver who was great in their Super Bowl run. Uh, but, yeah, offensively, you can just tell they're already clicking. And so, yeah, there's there's going to be little room for any era against the, the Bucks, home or away, you know, wherever, neutral site. Uh, yeah, but Tom Brady, and this goes back to your earlier uh thought in this dink and duncan well he lives off of that and so Death by paper but cup. you know what i mean but and when they get in the red zone they're not coming away with three they're coming away with seven so yeah <laughs> these these guys keep them out of even that area and you know offensively yeah we're gonna need to eat up that clock because uh yeah Tampa Bay is going to feast if uh, we don't clean up some things. And I think Sean McVay said it all in the in his little post-game uh, locker room, uh, game ball to Jalen Ramsey. But he was like, hey, man, it, hey, 
it's good to be able to to get a win in this way, you know, stuck together. We did this, we did that. Uh, and it's a lot better to go back and look at film and improve. But he was very much speaking about, yeah, we got some things to clean up if we're going to really beat a team like Tampa Bay next week. Yeah, this is from Jordan Rodrigue from The Athletic. Sean McVay is mentioned to the team in public. Lots to learn from, but the job got done. <laughs> this was funny. As he exits, again, quote, as he exits his post-game press conference, he adds, I need a beer. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all needed a drink after that one. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Also to note as well, you know, Sean Mouvet made a couple play call mistakes in this game as well, especially when they're going downfield late. And, I mean, they were running the ball really well on their final big drive. Sonny Michelle had 36 yards on that drive, ran the football. And then, man, he calls a, calls a sweep on third and two to your wide receiver? Say what? Again, you start getting too cute with that yep. stuff. Lost five yards. He admitted this is good. Okay, this is good. I hated my call. All right. He knew he made a bonehead call. I've never, you know, I, 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 you've heard me last year say, ta- saying to him over and over again, okay, dude, we've heard you say, I, I've got to do better. I've got to do better. Um, all right, fine. Well, then do better. Not enough with it. <laughs> I've never heard him actually talk about his calls like this. I hated my call. So that's kind of, you know, that's somewhere he usually doesn't talk too much about it. So I appreciate that. I appreciate that part that, you know, he knows that was a bonehead call. Hopefully he doesn't do it again anytime soon. And by the way, there's nothing wrong. The, the Rams have lived off the jet sweeps. They like to mix it to wide receivers. It does keep your defenses back on edge. But when something's working for you and you're trying to run clock out too, it's third and two. Why would you take the ball out of the hands of the guy who's got 36 yards in the drive or out of the hands of your quarterback? Who you, who you spent a lot of uh, draft pick compensation for. You're, he's supposed to be your guy to run the offense. Why would, you take, why would you do one of the two? Roll him out or run the middle. But end around or, or you know sweep this point on third and two? I'm not feeling it, and I'm glad he didn't feel it at the end. Well, that's that's one of those situations where <clears throat> you get a lot of coaches. Uh, I didn't do a whole lot of it because it's like you can game plan so much stuff, but then you have to always get to what is the game actually dictating. And you kind of figure that out pretty quick in one, two, maybe three series you kind of figure out how you are being attacked and how you need to attack. What happens with a lot of coaches is they'll have, you know, first and 10 plays, first and 10 run, first and 10 pass, you know, second and seven plus, you know, second and five to seven. And they have all these different breakdowns and they get on down to, you know, third and three or less or third, you know, this. And then, you know, if you're on this hash and that hash, And they'll have all these plays for those certain downs and distances as opposed to, yeah, man, I may have some plays in here. You know, hey, we're third and three. These are kind of our top three or four plays we we probably would run. But then if you're in a game and you go, yeah, we're gashing them on this off tackle play or just a simple sprint out for the quarterback, third and two, sprint out. Uh, throw or pass, then the game is dictating that. But to your point, you're playing a t- team that has some great team defense, uh, d- team defense and speed. The last thing you want to do is be going sideways where now backers can be scraping and filling and, you know, or your safety players come up and make a play. You want to at least be coming downhill where, again, more linemen than not to say, man, let's go run right at them. So, yeah, I, you, you can get too cute with the play call stuff when the dictation of the game is saying, hey, these are the plays that are working for us. So what if we keep running them? You run them till they actually stop them. But the thing is, oh, if we keep running it, they going to know what we're doing. Okay. They haven't stopped, so Make let's them stop see it. when they can stop it. Yeah. Make, Make them, them stop, stop it. it. All right. So 
other good things, though, for the Rams. Can we pick on the bad things? You know, we, we, we want to get the bad stuff out of the way first. Okay, Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford today wasn't perfect. 1930, 278 yards, a, a rough interception, two touchdowns. He's still, in my view, given what the Rams dealt with in this game, tell me if you think I'm wrong here, but I get the sense that if Jared Goff is back there today, they don't win this game. Oh, not at all. Come on. It's not even close. We, we probably would have lost by 21. Wow. That harsh, huh? Well, it's not that. It's just the difference is you're going to have a guy that's making a lot more mistakes. So it probably would have been three picks. You know, it would have been a lot less efficiency on being able to, you know, keep drives alive. Uh, things like that. And then again, we saw with with uh, golf, uh, it, it just didn't seem like Sean McVay. I don't know. It was like he couldn't call a game right because either he was fearful the guy was going to make mistakes or not check into something. And so it was just different. But again, you see where the ball is spread around. Cooper Cuff, nine receptions. Robert Woods, five. Daryl Henderson, three. Higby, you know, one, but a big one. You know, Van one, uh, Bryson Hopkins. So, but the top three guys, uh, Cup, Woods, and Henderson, you know, accounted for, you know, close to 250 yards in receiving. So, uh, that speaks for itself. So, yeah. The other guys here, yeah, not even close. I mean... This is not really a hit on, on Jared Goff. This, this, uh, this isn't the kind of game Jared Goff wins last year. No. It's just not. No. You know, a, a struggle like this, this is where we saw Jared Goff make mistakes more often than not. And, you know, for, for the Rams today to struggle and see Stafford, A, take the team downfield and rely on the run, he wasn't – it was a run drive. But he didn't have the um, – he, he – he managed it. You know, he didn't do anything cutesy. He didn't do anything stupid. He didn't, you know, didn't fall apart under pressure. I mean, the momentum was with the Colts on that last drive there. And yet, they got a touchdown, one drive, next drive, field goal, game over. There's, there's a, a confidence that McVay has in him. And it's sad almost that McVay lost his confidence in Goff. And people kind of feel Bill Goff this and Goff that. Well, you know, it's a two-way relationship. It's not like, well, hey, uh, it's not like, well, Sean McVay lost his confidence for no reason. Goff gave him reason to lose confidence. So hopefully that connection with Stafford and, and, uh, and McVay continues and grows. Another thing to the running game, the Rams, out of their two running backs, 23 carries, 99 yards. Not too shabby. That's that's over four yards to carry combined. Joe Henderson yes. gets hurt again. That's annoying to me because he was he did a solid job out of the backfield catching the football too. So all the things that we've heard about with Henderson, but we never really got to see him do because they went out there and got another guy. You know, getting <sighs> we saw him doing that, and then in case of course he gets hurt, that's a bummer. Michelle comes in and and runs even better than Henderson did. That gives you confidence that they can have this two-headed animal and make it work. I do want to see Henderson. Hopefully, those ribs are no big deal, and a couple of days will be fine. It could be worse. It could be torn ACL. No one ever wants that. That's a year. So, you know, take that. Uh, another good thing that a Cooper Cup, nine catches, 163. This guy gets better every single year. Every year. He's making moves out there on his routes that very few receivers do. You could tell how well he's formed a relationship with, with Stafford already. You can tell that he's their guy. 11 targets today, 9 catches. Robert Woods is not their lead receiver right now. Cooper Cup is. Just is what it is. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the thing is... Uh... 
I just want to make this real quick point. One of the difference, and maybe I don't want to say the demise of Jared Goff, but the thing is, you're playing in L.A. Quarterback position, spotlight. Uh, expectations, spotlight. When you sign, you see this happen a lot. It doesn't matter if it's a quarterback, a DB. It doesn't matter. When that guy on whatever that team gets that big deal, that next year usually they're one pressing because they want to make sure everybody knows, yeah, man, I'm worth every penny of this. But for the most part, those guys don't have a good year that next year. Then once it's like, okay, now it's everybody knows what it is. And okay, I know my checks. I know what they are. And yeah, it's a lot more money than I ever had before. So then the next year, they typically play better and go on that. The advantage you get with a guy like Stafford, he's been there, done that. So the thing is for him, it's not so much he's going to feel the pressure of being in the spotlight. Or being talked about, oh, they did all these scenes and give it up. So that's probably the bigger difference is that you have a more seasoned veteran in Stafford than you would in golf, though you can't call golf a little kid anymore. We talked about that last year. Uh, And so that's what I think is really paying dividends for us as a team. Back to just the overall Cooper Cuff, remember. They'll say, oh, he came back. Okay, you can come back from some of these injuries in a year. But a lot of them take two or three years. So now if you look at Cooper Cuff, we're three years away from that major injury, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now it's legitimately two years of strengthening, two more years of your mind and body now lining up where now you're not even thinking about it. And you're also two years better, hopefully, as a seasoned veteran and all those things. But definitely, you can see he has more giddy-up in his step. And just as, you know, ability running after, you know, there was some times when I go, okay, why is the guy don't, why is he just not running out of bounds? But he's like, man, I'm about to get every single yard out of this. So... That speaks for, one, a guy's determination, and then also his ability to feel like, yeah, man, I'm I'm truly back uh, from that injury he had. I mean, he came back last year from the injury and looked pretty darn good, too. So I think a lot of that's also testament to the work he put in. I'm wondering, though, about this. We have Robert Woods, 5-catch-64. Bandrus, one catch, 14 yards, three targets. Where's Deshaun Jackson at? We haven't even really seen the Rams deep game yet, have we? Right, right. Yeah, I don't, you know, so is he hurt again? <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I, don't I don't know, know. that. I don't know that he is or isn't. He may still be learning the offense. Yeah, they really, maybe they haven't needed it yet. I'm not in any way complaining, by the way. I'm just saying, my point really is the Rams aren't even close to their offensive potential yet. Right. Uh, they're not. They have so much they can do. And I'm really looking forward to seeing when this goes, if they can stay healthy. It's just, right now, the defense needs to get them more time on the field. They've been, time possession-wise, both games now, both of them wins, the Bears and the Colts, their defense has been on the field more than their offense has. They need more. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But again, I'm 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 going to again beat this drum till I put a hole in it. Uh, I I just attribute a lot of that to the preseason, and you can go, yeah, we're trying not to, but all those things go into timing, goes into conditioning, goes into, uh, you know, less missed tackles because. Again, I just use my own experience is, yes, I was in shape sometimes when I, you know, was out for contract situations, but I got back before the season. But it still wasn't until that third, fourth game of playing that you feel like your timing is down. Your legs are really under you. 
you know, you because you would always have uh, new wrinkles to the defenses and things like that, uh, regardless if you had a new D coordinator or not. You know, everybody's trying to get better in offseason and do something different. So it it's going to take those three or four games to really get your timing, you know, striking, mm-hmm. being able to, you know, tackle a guy in open field. Uh, whereas, in you know, in the first weeks or two, you're going to have a lot more misses. It's like you're saying with, with Aaron, he's like right there. Yeah, guaranteed. In the next two weeks, he's going to be there. And you go, well, man, what's the difference? Well, again, you now have that three or four games that now your body's tuned up. You're tuned up. You actually are, you know, your moves, you have your moves down. And though they may be similar, same, uh, there's a timing to it all where you're able to get a guy on his heels and then you're able to work whatever move you're going to work on it. But all that comes with timing, all that comes with playing time. And I just think that uh, we're still that nether two games away until you really start getting into a good rhythm. And by the way, it's not just him. It's not just him at all. It's also going to be the, his other defensive linemen. As they get themselves in full shape for the, for the season, they're going to be able to help him out more. They're going to be able to take up more of that, that slack in there. The more pressure they can bring, the more pressure he can bring. So as that unit gels and becomes more efficient, he's going to get loose too. I'm not worried about him. I, I, I am concerned even, even now. I mean, this is what? Year 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 20. So this is what, his eighth season now? His eighth season and he's held. Melissa Whitworth today tweeted this, and she's right. I mean, he's held like 99% of the time. Right. How can you not get one holding call in the game? And this happens all the time. Like, seriously. Yeah. Now, but, but what you're speaking about, DC, I don't even know if you know what you're really talking about, but you are. Uh, we know Aaron Dondo is... Uh, Aaron Donald is legendary for his workouts, mm-hmm. right? Those other guys aren't legendary like that. <laughs> you see what I mean? So my point is, if he's legendary for how hard he works and the stuff that he does off season and season, and you got the other guys, yeah, man, they're pros, and yeah, I'm gonna say they're they're working hard, but they're not working like that. So that speaks for it as well that if you got guys that aren't like working like that how many games does it really take for them to really get up to where they can have an impact that's what we're talking about can you have an impact can you be a game changer on the d line or is you really or are you just really waiting for this guy who's legendary for his workouts his work ethic his practicing his ability to get sacks, regardless of the holding, the doubles, the triples, he's going to find a way to get there. It's other guys that, yeah, man, they're in the pros, but they're not putting it in like that. So yeah, but, that's I what mean, you're talking about. As, but as far as I know, I mean, at least some of his people will come and work out with him. Hopefully, I mean, if if I were Sebastian Joseph Day, A. Sean Robinson, all those guys, and I see how good this guy is, I would be. I would be in the gym every day. I would I would be well, emulating everything the best does. You, you know? would, you would, but take a guy like Jerry Rice. He was legendary for his work on things like that. There were a lot of guys that were working out with and you know with him, but did they ever receiver wise? I'm speaking. Did they ever really get to the level that he had? Even though they were practicing with him and working out. Like, nah. Well, I mean, I'm not so, saying they have to be at his level, though. I'm saying to raise their level. Because if their level comes up on that defensive unit, line unit, his level goes up. Right. But those things always go back to that individual person as well. Sure. Right? How much do you want to raise your level? You know, or are you satisfied? You know, again, 
you know, I'm not going to say I was the greatest thing to slice bread, but you went out working me and I'm going to play four quarters and I'm going to run down between quarters and let everybody know, yeah, I'm not tired. Come on, let's go. <laughs> but at the same time, you have guys who enjoy putting on the uniform, hearing their name called in the introductions. Hey, I make a play. I don't make a play. Yay. You know, they call my name. They don't. Hey, man, we win. We lose. Hey, you know, I'm going to get paid. Let's go go out and have a good time. You have guys that are on NFL teams that are glad to be on the team and get a paycheck. They're not really trying to elevate their game to that level. You would hope that's the case. But I'm telling you from being in locker rooms, you know, when you're on a team that's three and 13 and people are more excited about trying to go out after a game that you just lost. That's a problem when you're talking about this is supposed to be the NFL. This is supposed to be a little bit different than college. So I'm just saying. I mean. I ain't got words for it, dude. I, I would just think that they would that you'd see him raising the level of everybody. I, I mean, I can't. I guess you can't talk for everybody else. Though. Like everybody else is their own person. And, you know, we've seen Sebastian Joseph Day get better and better. We've seen growth other, other places as well. Let's see how they turn right. out the rest of the year. All right, real well, quick. Going- you, look at, you look at the stat sheet, though. Kenny Young, four tackle, five total. David Long, two. Leonard Floyd, six. And a sack. Uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, good day. Nine tackles and a sack. Darius Williams, seven tackles. So uh, Taylor Rapp, safety. You know, he had nine tackles, half sack. Ashawn Robinson, okay, you got one tackle, half sack. So, you know, you can kind of go down, and when you look at the stat sheet, that also tells you, again, what guys are actually doing something and guys who aren't. So it's my take. I mean, defensive tackle, though, you could have one, two tackles and be effective. They don't run at you, they don't run at you. So you can see some fill on Robinson. And in, and in some cases where you could have a safety getting nine tackles, that means, oh, man, that means you got a lot of places. You were in a lot of places where there's action going on. We didn't want action there. I mean, there's right. a whole lot you can re of it. And I guess in, in the long term here for the Rams defense, what we need to see is the bar raise in that yes. front seven especially. I'm not saying, by the way, that guys like Jordan Fuller had a great day today. They didn't. I'm just saying that if that front seven can raise its bar, raise its level, then all of a sudden we see a return of the defense that was there last year. So there we go. Right. Okay, scores. Real quick rundown here. See anything shocks you here? On Thursday night, Washington football team, 30-29 of the Giants. That was a good game. The Bears really today. Game. The Bears, 20-17 over the Bengals. Justin Fields forced into action with Andy Dalton out. The Browns play the Texans uh, 31-21. Browns win. Watch that game as I was, as I was watching the Rams game as well. Uh, Houston's a lot better than people think they are. Yeah. They're a lot better than... I know some people haven't gone 1-16. They're not going to be 1-16 this year. That team is playing pretty well. I mean, Cleveland's still a better team, still beat them, but Houston's a lot better than we thought, than we thought they were. The here we go. The the Bills go down to Miami. Tua gets hurt, knocked out of the game. Bills win thirty five nothing. Holy shnikes! Um, she's a Patriots twenty five six dollars shocker. Uh, Mac Jones continues continue, continues to play well on there. Forty nine or seventeen Eagles eleven. Eagles actually led for a good chunk of this game. Forty nine turn on late. Here you go. The Raiders twenty six two or seventeen in Pittsburgh. Raiders 2-0. That's all right. Uh, Denver 23, Jacksonville 13 on in Jacksonville. Panthers 26, Saints 7. So that one week where the Saints just blew up. Man, just, just who they blew up? They blew up. Um, who did the Saints blow up last week? Yeah, I got to look it up. <laughs> 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 Who'd they blow up last week? 
Anyways, they come back down to earth this week, 26-7. Cardinals, 34-30. Saints were 38-3 over the Packers, actually. Yes, yes. Yeah, I thought it might be the Packers. Yeah, and they turn around and drop an egg in the, to the Panthers, 26-7. Panthers, 2-0. Cardinals, 2-0. The 34-33 win over the Vikings. Tampa Bay, 48-25 over the Falcons. That was just straight brutal. Cowboys, 20-17 over the Chargers. Chargers kind of get, I mean, they got, I say, they, they kind of got screwed over late on their last drive. Clear pass interference in the end zone. Didn't call it. And here we go, man. Here we go. Titans, 33. Seahawks, 30 in Seattle. In overtime. Seahawks blew a 30-16 lead. Ouch. Ouch. To a team that lost the Cardinals at home last week, 38-13. Ouch. Seahawks got problems. We thought things were rough for us in 27-24 game today. The Seahawks went home and blew a 30-16 lead. In the fourth quarter, just blew it. Right, right. But you you hit on this a little bit last year with the Hawks in the fact of, again, they've had that turmoil, you know, Russell Wilson, you know, does he want out, different things like that. And now you get into, you know, we definitely talked about, you know, how many games is, you know, is he basically winning on his own and how many more Hits can he take? And then now you get to the next season, and now you're starting to lose those games you may have won the year before. And then you go, well, what's the difference? Is it a chemistry issue? Is it, you know, you just don't have enough in the tank? Because when you're giving up leads like that, that means the defense isn't playing that well. And it could mean the offense is not really sustaining things. Uh, that they were earlier in a game. So, well, I mean, it, it, to me, it's a lot of the same. Cause, so he throws, he, Wilson goes 22 to 31, 343 today. His leading rusher was Chris Carson with 13 <laughs> carries with 31 yards, 2.4 yards a carry. Alice Collins, one for 25. Wilson ran three for 16. Freddie Swain, one for five. Okay, roll this over. And so, you, th- no running game then, basically. Just relay totally the passing game. Go over Tennessee. Ryan Tannehill, 27 to 4 for 347. But get this. Derrick Henry, 35 carries, 182 yards today. 182. Three touchdowns. Yeah. Ryan yeah. Tannehill ran for 27 yards as well. 200 and. 1, 2, 9. 212 total yards rushing today from the Titans. Combined with 347 passing. Where was that defense? And we thought the Rams defense has issues. Holy crap. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Where where Bobby Bobby Wagner today, 20 tackles. That's crazy. 16 solo and a sack. That's crazy. Where was the rest of his defense? 16 solos. That's crazy. <laughs> 16 solo tackles, 20 total with a sack. So that means that defensive line was doing nothing behind in front of him. Nothing. If if the run, if the ball carrier is getting right to him where he has to make the play every time, where was that defensive line today? Wow. And he had a sack. And he had a sack. I'm checking to see if he had a pass defense while he's at it. Nope, no pass right. defense. Man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I, I mean, the Seahawks have so much talent there. But that man, that loss at home, that's a dagger. That's going to be a story to watch this year. Yeah. Wow. All right, folks. There you go. There's our post game. We're going to go ahead and we're going to do a minimal edit on this and get it right out to you. We'll be back with you middle of the week talking with J.C. Allen from the Pewter Report about the Bucks, And, of course, Budding Hands will be back as well. 
Any closing thoughts, Mike? Hey, man, 2-0 is better than 0-2. Bingo. We'll take it. Let's go, Rams. Go, Rams. And Super Bowl champs coming next week. Follow us on Twitter, at TalkRams. Follow us on Facebook, at the Rams Talk Room Group for our conversations and for our stuff that's dropped off at the Rams Talk page. Follow me on Twitter, at DC Apollo. Follow Mike at 1Duke23. We'll see you this week. We're out of here. Have a great one. Right here. <laughs> Late recovery there. <laughs> Have a great one, everybody. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.